This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan. And from South Carolina, Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. And Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, December 4th. And great to have you with us on the show today. Look where Spencer Linton is and look where I am. Uh, Basically, we high-fived in the air as we crossed the country last night. You know what? Uh, The red-eye flights are always interesting, but I felt like I was in good company because I was with a bunch of BYU football families, man. Kairos Tonga's family was there, high-fiving them, well, from a distance. Uh, I saw... Uh, the Hodges this morning, Max Tooley's family actually woke me up from a nap in the Atlanta airport just to make sure that I wasn't going to miss my flight from Atlanta to Myrtle Beach. So That's much thing. appreciated to them. It, it, uh, it really is, uh, especially after a red-eye flight and limited sleep. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good to be here in Myrtle Beach. It's crazy that you were in Connecticut for five days. I'll be here uh, in South Carolina, a very different part of the country, for a couple of days. But this is what BYU Sports Nation is all about, man. It's called BYU Sports Nation. So, yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, uh, that brings us to a stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the last 24 hours, you and I have combined, 24, more like 12, uh, combined to travel 3,915 miles. So, Mohegan Sun, Myrtle Beach, pretty awesome. Okay, but we are the coolest travelers from BYU. In fact, you've probably heard about it. 2,200 miles later, they just arrived on location. It's the BYU Etripment uh, Truck, guys. Uh, Hal Morell joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Hal, you guys did it. You made it. We did, yes. Congratulations. Uh, when did you guys pull into town? Um, at um, 11.47 local time. So how many hours was that total? Um, is What is it, nine it's 10 o'clock Salt Lake time, so that's approximately about less than 37 hours. 37 hours. Wow. What was the trip like, and how did it go? Well, um, it, it was okay. I mean, you know, the the prep time, normally I'll try to get a nap before we leave. But in this case, I, you know, I got a phone call at 4 o'clock, and I had to be to Provo at 8 to get in the truck, so there's no time for a nap. And I drove leaving Provo and so I drove as long as I could which got us into Nebraska and I was done about 6 a.m. Salt Lake time from there Feely drove for the next um, 11 hours and then um, I drove for the next 11 hours and he finished up the last three or four hours in fact he's still in the truck he's trying to get it parked in the spot so that we can get the items that the hotel needs to have set off you know the projection screens, um, video gear for the TV people, as well as um, the, um, the trainers, the, the things that they need to make sure that everybody is in top shape to be ready to play football tomorrow. Hal, what was the first thing that went through your mind when you got the phone call that you were going to make the trip to Myrtle Beach 2,200-plus miles away? Well, it, it really it started last week when when Billy Nixon called me and said that we may be headed to Cincinnati this week, and um, and then 
when they had their COVID problem, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And then Billy and I talked on Monday and he just says, you never know what can happen. And, um, so, you know, I had no other plans for the weekend. If this had have been next weekend, I would have had real big troubles, but luckily this weekend it, it actually worked out and my wife wasn't too upset. I took her to dinner before I left and <laughs> she was okay with, with, uh, with me leaving. So, Hal, are you surprised by the reaction of Cougar Nation to what you guys have done? I'm shocked. Um, I, I will admit that as a little boy, you know, sports controlled my life. I wanted to be the next Willie Mays because I love baseball. And I would read my Sports Illustrated, and I would imagine and dream of myself being in Sports Illustrated as an athlete. And then when I got a phone call from the gentleman at Sports Illustrated wanting to talk about our trip, um, it, it kind of hit me that it took being a truck driver to get in Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and that's, we're talking probably 50 plus years later. So, um, but, but no, I, I'm shocked when I, when the gentleman at the Deseret News last night told me that there were thousands of hits on Billy's tweet site, um, I couldn't believe it. And my wife has been calling me all the time telling me everything that's going on um i've had friends send me text messages and you know my stake president sent me a text this morning saying you're a rock star <laughs> so um it's um it's it's really it is it is quite overwhelming and all we're doing is trying to drive the truck and get here but yeah it's it's a little intimidating when when billy tells me last night or wednesday night at 9 30 that you're leaving, you drive, you never know. We're going to play football this weekend. We, it may be at UCLA or it may be in, in South Carolina, but we're playing football somewhere. So when I got up from my nap yesterday morning, there was a text telling me to keep on driving. And indeed so. you did. You arrived successfully. Congratulations. You became this awesome story. And this trip was your basket catch like Willie Mays. For the, uh, like for the Giants. You yeah. betcha. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Hal. We appreciate it. Congratulations. All right. Thanks. See ya. Okay, that was Hal Morrell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show Hal. Shout out to uh, his driving partner there, Philly Taufa, as well. How awesome was that, Spence? They did it, man. They left Wednesday night, and they got there a couple hours ago. They're the road warriors, man. They deserve all of this credit. They go largely unrecognized. So I was so happy to see Sports Illustrated do this story. Hal, Feely, well done. Glad you guys made it safe. In fact, uh, I'm hoping to see them later today uh, when we make our way over to the Teal because we are in the Teal territory now, Jerem. Yeah, and I said hours 20 minutes ago. That's when they arrived. Okay, here's what's coming up on the show today. We've got your preview of BYU and Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers and Cougars. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic did not duck our interview request. He's ready to make up with Cougar Nation. We'll chat with the president-elect of Coastal Carolina as well, who is a BYU graduate, returned missionary, and grandson of Ezra Tapp Benson. It's Michael T. Benson. And the day of reckoning has come with the wheel of consequences with failed prop picks. But first, today's headlines. It's game day eve, and there has really never been a more appreciated game day eve, perhaps, than this one. Based on the circumstances of this year, this season, this specific BYU team, and meticulously working out a deal this week, which featured the likes of Hal and Feely and the Road Warriors, 
The undefeated and 13th ranked Cougars at 9-0, ready to take on the 18th ranked and 9-0 Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Game time set for 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 Mountain, live on ESPNU. Coverage begins, of course, on BYU TV's countdown to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. This is the first ever matchup between these two programs. It marks the seventh different team this season that BYU has played for the first time ever. Hello, Independence. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Stickers for BYU all year. To Hoops game day uh, eve as well. 4-1 BYU taking on 1-2 Utah State tomorrow night in Logan uh, in front of 1,628 fans. The exact number is already determined. How about that? Pre-game on BYU Radio begins at 8 Eastern. Also, Alex Barcella was named to the Legends Classic All-Tournament. BYU junior quarterback and Heisman candidate Zach Wilson now projected as the seventh pick overall going to the Carolina Panthers according to multiple mock drafts. Carolina, you said. The Carolina Panthers and the other from the draft network. Left tackle Brady Christensen, by the way, moving up several draft boards. His 96.2 overall grade on pace to shatter the pro football-focused college-era record for highest single-season grade among tackles. Jeremy, he's very quickly becoming a legit finalist for the Outland Trophy, which would be, if he won it, the third in BYU's history. Yeah, that'd be incredible, joining uh, Jason Buck and Mo Elowenibi. By the way, this just in, Vanderbilt at Georgia has been canceled. So we'll see if BYU can climb over Georgia with two losses if BYU wins. And last but not least, Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Taysom Hill will start his third game at QB with the Saints Sunday against the Falcons. Second game against them in in three games. Jamal Williams and the Packers play the Eagles in hopes of clinching the NFC North, among others. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Cougars and Chanticleers tomorrow at 5.30 Eastern on ESPNU. That is still subject to change, potentially. We'll see if that moves up to a uh, more visible network. Both teams 9-0. Vegas says BYU is a 10-point favorite. In fact, Grayson McCall, the quarterback for the Chanticleers, tweeted a picture he printed out of that line uh, in front of his locker, so he's aware. ESPN's FBI gives BYU a 67% chance to win. Spencer, what's your group of five anxiety index on this one? Let's keep the brand rolling. I had a few people ask me about this on Twitter, and uh, my answer to that question originally was about 35 to 40%. And you know how this works, Jeremy. I, I usually think, okay, if these teams played 10 games, how many do I think that BYU would probably win in the given circumstances, on the road, limited preparation time? And I think I'm actually going to push that number a little bit lower I feel confident in this BYU team, so I'm going to say 30% that uh, Coastal Carolina pulls off a shocker as a double-digit dog against BYU on their home field. But if I feel like they played the game 10 times in these circumstances, BYU would win seven of them. I really am bought into the fact that BYU is anxious, playing with the chip on the shoulder to prove something to the college football playoff committee. What did we all say when BYU was ranked number 14 in that original college football playoff poll? The overwhelming response was, I feel bad for the team that has to play BYU next because the Cougars are going to go gangbusters. Well, that team just so happens to be 18th ranked and undefeated Coastal Carolina. So what type of team is going to show up for BYU? I think it's going to be the one that has been anxiously waiting to play anybody and prove a point to Gary Barta 
and the rest of the Lilburn Boggs College Football Playoff Committee, Jerem. Nice. I'm all in on the Cougars showing up with an attitude and with physicality ready to rock. Yeah, I think BYU is anxiously engaged in a good good cause of their own free will and choice as well, right, in this one. I'm excited about BYU to finally match up with a team that that could put up a fight, question mark. UTSA was the outlier. Boise State did not. Eh, Four-string quarterback. Listen, Boise State's not going to outscore BYU that day, okay? So here we go. Coastal Carolina is a team that on a normal year you wouldn't say, oh, man, this is going to be a tough game. But I think this will be a tough game for BYU. However, I think BYU will dominate in the trenches, and that will lead to success. Look at what uh, Louisiana did against Coastal Carolina. On 30 carries, allowed 7.9 yards per carry in that game. 7.9. You don't think Tyler Algier and Brady Christensen and all these guys are, are licking their chops for an opportunity against that, uh, against that team? BYU ninth in offensive success rate. This season, by the way, I think that will bode well. Tyler Algier is going to have 100 yards in this game. By the way, I'm excited to hear if Lopini Katoa's ankle is okay for this game as well. Um, BYU, eighth in yards per carry allowed, 2.9. Only three rushing touchdowns allowed. Coastal Carolina runs the ball 64% of the time. I think that plays into BYU's hand. And as Hans Olsen pointed out yesterday, the center for Coastal Carolina is 5'9", 285. Kairos Tonga is staring at a juicy steak. Saturday afternoon, he is going to have his way on the defensive line. I think it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Defensively, Coastal Carolina, pretty good. 31 sacks, 11 takeaways, including five from my boy D. Jordan Strong, who has a pick six as, as well. So, Coastal Carolina is good. I just think BYU is better. On to topic two, Jerem. Based on this highly anticipated matchup and how many question marks are floating over both teams with the limited preparation time, BYU still comes in as a double-digit favorite. Is it enough for BYU to just win, or do they need to do more in the grand scheme of this 2020 season? You'd think it'd be enough to win, but because it's Coastal Carolina and not a name brand, I think BYU's got to win this game by 10+. plus. I think they've got to cover, if you will. And I think BYU will. Again, I think BYU's going to have success. I think this is by far the toughest team that Coastal Carolina will have played all year. I think BYU's ready for this. I feel little to no nervousness or anxiety for this. In fact, I didn't even give you my number. My number, I was thinking it was high 30s. It's probably low 20s at this point. I feel very confident that BYU is ready, despite the fact that it's a short week of preparation. What was Boise State, by the way? That was a short week. BYU had Monday and Wednesday because of Election Day on the Tuesday. They traveled Thursday. They played Friday. And BYU arguably played its best game of the year on limited prep. I think BYU is... Is uh, they've been fasting, if you will, and they're very hungry. They're ready to eat, man. Yeah, a win is always going to be most important, clearly. But I think BYU needs to look good doing it, especially with the increased spotlight. Lights are brighter than ever. College game day in the house. BYU finally got the ranked matchup they're looking for. And I know that people, some people are going to say, yeah, but it's Coastal Carolina. So it's kind of weird because if BYU comes into this game and they win by 30, then are, they, are the people going to say, well, it's, Coastal Carolina yes. is not that great. You yes. know, they're just the, pa- they're the paper champions. So it never really mattered. And then is it going to go against BYU if it's a close game and say, see, we knew once BYU played like a half-decent team, like their true colors were going to be revealed. So I, I, it's weird. I feel like BYU has to win this game and look very sharp doing so, but not win by 
30 plus, you know, <laughs> because you want the rhetoric to continue to be like, oh yeah, BYU beat a, a, a good Coastal Carolina team. So I hope the Chanticleers present a good challenge, but it, there's, there's this weird dynamic of how will it all turn out? How will BYU be viewed by those that matter most in the rankings after this game? So I think if BYU wins by, I don't know, 17 plus, are, are we going to exact Did that one again? Did you say that? No. Well, we reversed the curse, right? 34-20. Ed Houston. That's the perfect score. Okay. 34-20 is the perfect score. Oh, well, it was close-ish, but BYU scored enough, and they won by two scores. That's the perfect score. Yeah. Yeah, 42-24, 42-28, something like that. Yeah. Um, but BYU just needs to look sharp. They need, they need to be sharp and on their game. They need to look good doing it. Kind of like your shirt. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate so, that. So sharp. You might cut your finger on that. Be careful. Our question of the day. <laughs> what would you put on your ESPN College game day sign? This is a great question. Let's get to the voice of the nation. <laughs> this is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Lindsay underscore Linton. Nepotism. Putting this in. I love him. He's great. Two giant uh, big eye emojis with a Y. Yeah, I, that, that's what I said. It would just be the eye emojis. It would just be a massive just the eye eyeballs. Emoji. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, let's see. At BF Webster, any truck, any state, any channel. <laughs> we needed the headbands with that today. And uh, at Josh Bretzing on Instagram, two words: you watching? Or it could be uh, hello Utah. Yeah. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up. Somebody gets to spin the wheel of consequence. Okay, okay. And Stuart Mandel wants to make up with BYU Sports Nation. He's campaigning for Tom Homla as AD of the Year. Oh, how the turntables. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 13th-ranked BYU travels to face the 18th-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And BYU TV will get you set for an epic matchup on Countdown to Kickoff. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and me from the Myrtle Beach area as we get you set. Live reports from Conway, South Carolina specifically. Watch starting at 4.30 Eastern, 2.30 Mountain on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. My name is Jerem Jordan in Provo. He is Spencer Linton in Conway, uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach area. Our next guest is a man who did not duck this interview. He wants to make up with Cougar Nation. He is calling for Athletic Director Tom Homel to be the AD of the year. He is uh, the editor-in-chief of the Athletic College Football and co-host of the Audible Podcast, which today discussed the matchup between Coastal Carolina and BYU. And he's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He was Stuart Mandel. Stuart, great to have you back on the show. It's been an interesting two weeks, hasn't it? It has. I I guess I stumbled into uh, a little bit of my self-inflicted controversy, but (laughs) at the end of the day, I just wanted BYU to play a really good game, and here we have it. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Uh, UW obviously was uh, complicated. So I wanted to ask you, did BYU get the goodwill back that maybe it lost in the UW situation for a minute there? I think so. I mean, uh, I mean, I remember the, that last week or the week before, Chris Manini and I had a whole thing about like a point-counterpoint on why they should play Cincinnati, why the two of them should play each other. And, you know, Coastal not ranked quite as high as Cincinnati, but it's a top 25 team. It's game day. I mean, this couldn't have worked out any better. I, I feel a little guilty saying that because it took 
probably a bunch of Liberty players and coaches getting COVID and you don't ever want that. But um, the, the game that we have now, uh, obviously, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a bigger game than, than BYU Washington would have been. How much will what happens between the Chanticleers and BYU impact what the college football playoff committee does in the third poll of this very interesting 2020 college football season? I think if BYU wins, it's what the committee needed to see to justify ranking them higher. I mean, I have to think that the people, they do watch the games, like they say, and I have to believe that they think BYU is really good, but they just don't think they can justify ranking them higher based on what is basically kind of a a mid to low level group of five schedule. Um, Now, this is a group of five game, but it's a team that the committee respects enough to have ranked in its top 20 an undefeated team this late in the season. I mean, you hear them all the time when they're talking about why they have a team ranked where they do. They have X number of top 25 wins. So here you go. Here's your chance for that win. And it's not like they have to move that much higher. Uh, They're 13 now. You probably have to get to 11 in the final ranking uh, to be high enough. So certainly I think it would. I got to finish the job against San Diego State. But, you know, those two should do it. Yeah, it's interesting because the Boise State win is completely discredited by the committee because which is ridiculous. Boise, right. Boise State was playing with Cade Fennigan, who's actually a, a return missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, two-star guy that BYU didn't look at. But he ends up starting the game. He's the four-string guy. I didn't know that he played defense for Boise State as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's weird, right? BYU would have two wins at the time against top 25 teams. It wasn't the playoffs top 25 for Boise State. But uh, BYU beat San Diego State. Like you said, you feel like if BYU's sitting there um, undefeated on December 20th. They are a New Year's Six team. I do. Um, when I did my bowl projections this week and I had Iowa State as that last um, team in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, and that was a, an Iowa State team that would have three losses. I didn't want to do that. I don't think that's right. But, you know, and you saw the committee move them up to number nine. Uh, I just felt like, they're, they're, why would they change their mind, you know, even if they lose in the Big 12 title game, that they're that much a better team than BYU. But, um, this changes it. You know, this is the resume. This is this is all we were hoping BYU would be able to pull off and Tom Holmo. And I do think he should be AD of the year for all the scheduling miracles he's made. This is this is exactly what they needed to kind of seal the case. Stuart, can you put in perspective just how strange and almost unbelievable this is for BYU and Coastal Carolina to pull off something like this with some dynamic scheduling? I know with COVID and everything, it we're all kind of turning over rocks that we haven't before, but put this into perspective of just how unique this is. It's the most 2020 thing yet in this 2020 <laughs> season. You know, we, we've learned this year, we're so accustomed to schools announcing their, their home and homes and whatever, you know, 15 years in advance. And this is the year that we learned that if you really want to, you can create a brand new non-conference matchup on a week's notice or, or even less. And, um, I think the, actually the strangest thing was when Cal played UCLA, um, like on 36 hours notice, and Cal Cal's defensive line had been in quarantine for two weeks. But um, I mean, I just just the perfect storm that had to happen for for this for game day to announce they're going to Coastal, and then the team they're going to play. Uh, I mean, at one point earlier this week, we on the I can't remember if it was on the podcast or just had that conversation internally. But like, what happens when the game day game gets canceled? But Fortunately, they all parties involved already had a contingency plan. And, and like I said earlier, you end up with a better game than you would have had. Yeah, and certainly ESPN jumped in and helped BYU get this. That relationship helped. Not having conference affiliation issues helped. So certainly BYU's situation was a benefit 
in this case. Yet we look at the matchup and go, okay, BYU fans feel pretty confident going into this game. Vegas does for BYU too, but Coastal Carolina's been pretty good. 9-0 teams, a couple of really good quarterbacks. Grayson McCall, Richard Freshman's been awesome. Like one interception and 20 passing touchdowns. What do you think of the matchup here? Coastal's really good. I, I, I get why BYU's favored, and, and certainly that's who I picked, but I don't think uh, it would be a mistake to think, oh, they're just a, a, a lowly Sunbelt team. They are a team that um, that I've been tracking since the very first game when they played Kansas and blew them out uh, in, in um, the, I forget how early in September that was, but not a lot of teams were playing yet. They have a lot of speed on both sides of the ball. Grayson McCall's really good. And I think that the really um, interesting wrinkle to this, we a lot of this is going to come down to which staff can prepare their team on two days' notice. Which team, which staff can put together a game plan, um, you know, in these very unusual circumstances. And the thing with Coastal is they have a really innovative offense. Um, I heard uh, Jake Spavital, the Texas State coach, they had him on Sports Center last night describe it as a spread option, and that is pretty a pretty good. Um, way to describe it. There's a lot of triple option aspects to it, even though um, they're in the shotgun and, and obviously they have a really good passing game. It's not just the run. So, you know, they're BYU is going to have to um, be ready for that on, on defense. So BYU is the more talented team. They've got a first round quarterback. Uh, there's no question about that, but there are some uh, things that Coastal does that can be really tricky. Do you expect a shootout tomorrow between the Cougars and Chanticleers? Um, I, you know, you would think that in a situation like this on short notice, it definitely favors the offense. Um, you know, it's probably not realistic that these defenses are going to have everything figured out uh, about the other teams. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, could absolutely, I could absolutely see that, yeah. Do you feel like Cougar Nation has brought you back in, Stuart? <laughs> I hope so. I didn't, I didn't really mean to, 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 to fall out of favor so quickly. I mean, if you guys know my work, like – I've been on the, the BYU bandwagon all season. This wasn't about um, that I don't think they're good or I think they're overrated or anything like that. I, um, In fact, let's just once and for all clear up the context on the ducking comment. That tweet was sent maybe an hour after Dabo Swinney had his bizarre comment that he thought Florida State uh, was avoiding the game. You know, they they, they should have played. They, they One COVID case shouldn't be enough to cancel a game and – he accused Florida State of ducking them. And so when I saw the thing about Washington, I was like, no, this is what ducking looks like. And I guess I never lived it down since. But um, <laughs> like I said, all I ever wanted was exactly what has ended up happening, a game like this. It all ties into South Carolina, right? It was Clemson, and now it's That's Coastal. Good yeah. point. It's all, it's all tied together. <laughs> well, listen, you're back in. We hope that Boney Fuller stops tweeting, uh, you know, the clown pictures of you. Uh, at you. I, I think he's brought you back in, and, and Cougar Nation embraces that. Is that so, who created the clown picture? I, didn't, I don't know the origins of it. Yeah, it's, it's a BYU <laughs> fan account that tweets funny stuff. So, yeah. Well, okay. we, we appreciate the time. Great insight. Of course, uh, everyone can check out the, uh, the Audible podcast, which is awesome. And, of course, you work on The Athletic. So, Stuart, thanks for the time, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay, that was Stuart Mandel on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why we show how. Spencer, great to have him on the show. He's never avoided us or anything. He made the comment. We just got the full context. So now we know, right? Now we know. We've hugged it out virtually. It's all good. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart we, we welcome you back into the BYU Sports Nation fold. I, he never left. And I'm excited. He never left. Uh, it's, tr- it's true. 
Honestly, though, I'm excited to talk to another guy that was in the BYU fold and has now made his way to Coastal Carolina, Michael T. Benson, who is the university president-elect. Where do his allegiances lie, Jaron? We're going to find out. We've always wanted President Benson on the program. And it's time to pay the piper. One of us spins the wheel of consequence for prop pick failure. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Full coverage of tomorrow's BYU at Coastal Carolina game begins 3.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Join Ben Bagley, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and Greg Rubel for Cougar pregame live, followed by play-by-play of every single play on the teal. BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Ben Bagley not pictured as well, so at least we're consistent. He is Spencer in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I am Jerem in not Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And this is BYU Sports Nation. Today, the Cougar Whip Round deals with prop picks. We'll be doing this on Fridays. That's the day of reckoning. If we have a tie, nobody spins the wheel of consequence, which we will show you here in a second. But if someone loses the previous week of games, that person will spin the wheel and have to do that thing for the rest of the segment. So before we spin the wheel, or the will, depending on where you're from, let's recap the St. John's game and see where we are. All right, number one, Jerem. We asked the question, which player will have the greatest scoring difference between the USC and St. John's games? I said Alex Barcelo. You said Connor Harding. This was really close, but Barcelo was plus 12 from game one to game two, so he just edges out Connor Harding, who went plus 11. I take the point there. Okay, who will, the, who will lead the Cougars in plus minus against St. John's? Uh, Alex Barcelo is what I said. You said Brandon Avery. Spencer Johnson had the... Best plus minus at uh, plus nine. All right, no point awarded there. And then how many second chance points will BYU have against St. John's? It was the Price is Right rules, so closest without going over. We were both wrong, Jeremy. You said 14, I said eight. Yeah, we just missed on that one. They had always, three second chance points. You always got three. issues there. Yeah. Okay, that means you won the uh, first week of prop picks. It was really close. It was five to one. So, okay, I will now spin the wheel and suffer the consequence. Here we go. Spin None of these are like wheel. shave steps in your or shave your eyebrow or anything or shave your head. So that's good. No sh- no shaving. Come on, I, big money. I, I, I sp- this is gonna take twenty. This is an hour long show. Okay, what does it say? Oh, oh, it's spinning backwards. It changed. Okay, it's settled. Co-host choice. You get to choose. Oh, any of these things? Do you need? Do you need them again? Choice. Third person helmet on. <laughs> low rider oh, fight song. School see. photo. Elite tweet. Let Spuddy Buddy <laughs> track hat. Jeremy, I'm I'm gonna uh, ask you to loosen the top button, my friend. Got it. <laughs> look at that! Look at that chest hair I don't have. You've ne- you've never looked better. You've never looked better. <sighs> I feel like the Angel Morona now. All right, we now reset the board and present our prop picks for the Utah State game. Ben Bagley, what's up? I almost feel like I need to do my top button up just so it's represented on the show, but I'm not going to. Let's start with this first prop pick. These are five picks having to deal with both the football and hoops game tomorrow. Number one, the first BYU Cougar to score in the football game tomorrow. Who will it be? I'm going with Tyler Algier, man. Wait, and so am I. So I thought we weren't going to do the same one. I'll say Zach Wilson, so there's a different one. 
All right, number two. <laughs> Who will lead the Cougar in Cougars in tackles? Oh, Jeremy, if you say Isaiah Kafusi, then I'm going to pick somebody else. So did you pick Isaiah Kafusi? No, Keenan Peely. Okay. All right. All right, number three. More BYU football sacks, Zach Wilson rushing TDs, or Colby Lee three-point attempts? Got to be Colby Lee three-point attempts. I think he's going to chuck up a ton from beyond the arc in the spectrum against Utah State. A ton? It's got to be two-plus, I guess. That's probably pretty reasonable. I go Zach Wilson rushing TDs. I think he has multiple tomorrow. All right. Who will be BYU's second-leading scorer in hoops against Utah State? Ooh, this one was tough for me. So uh, I'm going to go with Connor Harding. I think he's going to have a nice performance against the Aggies. Colby Lee for three a couple of times. But, no, he's going to get a lot of buckets inside. He's not going to draw Namias Keta, who will guard Matt Harms. And the last one, who of these three will have more points and rebounds combined tomorrow against Utah State? Is it going to be Caleb Lohner, Colby Lee? Or Richard Harwood. Uh, give me the dude that looks like Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Whoa. Caleb Lohner is going to be most excellent. Okay. I think Big Idaho, Colby Lee, is going to be there as well. A lot of Colby Lee love in this. Okay. So there we go. So we'll have Saturday's game, and then we'll have Wednesday's game against Boy State. Then we'll spin it again. I, so this is to the end of the segment. So we are now almost done with these segments. So that is good news for all of us. <laughs> no, we don't have to I end this segment. Let's just keep it going. I Let's just talk feel about weird. whatever oh, you want to talk about. Oh, we got to wrap man. it up. They just said that. Our uh, question of the day, what would you put on your ESPN College Game Day sign? Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Will you get the elite voice of the day? That's coming up later. All right. <laughs> also, know the foe, Coastal Carolina edition. We're in till territory, so we're not messing around. And is he a cougar or a Chanticleer? BYU graduate and Coastal Carolina president-elect Michael T. Benson joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Football in Conway, South Carolina. BYU men's basketball in Logan, Utah to close out What's going to be a really fun Saturday. Jason Shepard and Mark Durant have the call of tomorrow's Cougars at Aggies in-state rivalry basketball game on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan will get you ready with Cougar pregame live. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B in Provo, Utah and Studio Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's been a fun week. Connecticut, South Carolina, Provo thrown in there. Pretty awesome. Well, the president-elect of Coastal Carolina is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a BYU grad, a return missionary. He's also been a president at Snow, Southern Utah, Eastern Kentucky, and now eventually Coastal Carolina in a month. He is perhaps the most interesting man in the world. His name is Michael T. Benson, the grandson of Ezra Tapp Benson as well. I spoke with him earlier uh, this morning on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Okay, I don't know what to call you. Should I call you Michael T. Benson, Dr. Benson, President Benson? 
Well, some people call me doctor, and I say, don't do that because I can't deliver a baby, nor can I fix your teeth. So uh, <laughs> you can just call me Michael. That's just fine. Thank you. That sounds great. Uh, this game is very exciting. And then when we found out the connection with someone who's not only a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but a returned missionary and a BYU grad, and you've done a million other things, that's a fun connection with this game. Coastal Carolina and BYU, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> it really is fun, and as, as you kind of peel back the layers, uh, I got a call from a writer at the Desert News yesterday whose father taught for almost 20 or 25 years at Coastal Carolina, uh, Paul Peterson, for the political science department there. And, you know, we, we've gone to church at the Middle, Myrtle Beach Ward and met some uh, some faculty members, uh, even amidst the, the pandemic, and I look forward to meeting a lot more. But there's so many great connections. I told uh, somebody in the interview yesterday, I mean, half the BYU staff I know from our days at Southern Utah, we hired Ed Lamb as our coach back in, what, 2007. And so uh, the connections between our programs are, are I, I think, pretty uh, extensive, but also between the institutions. And I really hope this is a relationship that we can nurture and moving forward, we can uh, keep playing each other. Yeah, Tom Homo mentioned that yesterday, that perhaps there's a return game in the works in the future for Coastal Carolina in Provo, and that would be awesome. So let's dig into your experience. Uh, you got your undergrad at BYU, and you graduated in 1990. So did you go to the Miami game? I know it was that fall. You probably would have graduated in April. Did you go to the Miami game? No, but we had a watch party at our apartment. Uh, I say our apartment. I was My roommate was a young man named Quinn DeMordon who was at George Washington Med School uh, in Washington, D.C. I was working on Capitol Hill. So I took a year off between my undergrad and going to grad school in England. And when I say we had a watch party, I think there were six of us. <laughs> and it was a high-rise uh, in Roslyn, Virginia, and uh, we had to be very careful because our neighbors next door would bang on the wall if we were too noisy. So <laughs> it was kind of muffled cheering for the Cougars, but I remember that. That was a huge win. And all throughout my undergrad days at, at BYU, I went to the games. Uh, we've been fans for a long time. And then, you know, as part of that, uh, I want to say left me, but when I went to work at the University of Utah after grad school, uh, I was kind of indoctrinated to become a Ute there for a little while, but never never kind of left my moorings at, at BYU. And uh, it's really fun to get reconnected. My two children, my oldest children, go there right now. And uh, so uh, to answer your question, yes, we did watch that game, and it was very exciting, and uh, there are so many great games that we could talk about, and we certainly hope that Saturday is one of them as well. And you got some buckets? You were on the JV basketball team as well? I did. I was a, a, a gym instructor at the NTC, and uh, four of my colleagues and I decided that we would go walk on at the JV uh, basketball team. This is in 1987. Uh, Liddell Anderson was the coach. Roger Reed was an assistant. And it was the year BYU got to, I want to say, number two in the country. Yeah. I mean, their lineup included um, you know, Mike Smith, Marty Haas, Jeff Chapman. And we practiced with them once in a while, but we were not that good. Uh, <laughs> it was fun to play in the Marriott Center. That was one of my dreams in life. And uh, we played, you know, went down the snow, played Ricks, played College of Eastern Utah. Uh, but had an unbelievable experience uh, just being around the program. And that was back in the day when they hosted the WAC tournament in uh, the Marriott Center. And so they would give us tickets, and I skipped school. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, they both passed on, but uh, (laughs) I don't want my kids to hear this. But I skipped school for a couple days and just sat and watched game after game, including Tim Hardaway, who was the starting point guard for UTEP. And uh, I just have wonderful memories of both playing and practicing, but also watching games in the Marriott Center. 
Those are some fun times. We're talking to bucket getter and president-elect at Coastal Carolina, <laughs> Michael T. Benson. Let's talk about our Twitter interaction. So I, I quoted your tweet uh, where you talked about you know the game, and I jokingly said, I wonder if this is real because he's not the president until January. And you said, it's real, my friend. It's very real. This is a convergence of two worlds for you, which is fun. You've been a lot of places as the president, and you've gone to school, right, Southern Utah, and, uh, of course, Snow, and uh, more recently, Eastern Kentucky. You've gone to school at BYU, what, Oxford, Notre Dame. I'm probably missing some in there. You're, you're teaching uh, or getting another degree at Johns Hopkins right now. I may have missed a bunch. But I, I'm just really impressed with, uh, and, of course, you're the grandson of Ezra Taft Benson. I'm just really impressed with where you've been and where you're going. I, I, I think this is an exciting opportunity for BYU to, to match up with Coastal Carolina, and you seem to be right in the middle of it. Well, you're trying to say that I'm, I'm the last of six children, and my parents, um, may they rest in peace, gave us unbelievable opportunities that they never dreamed of having. And as a result, with those opportunities, we were expected to, to do a lot with them. So I've got some unbelievably accomplished siblings, and uh, I'm kind of the, the, the baby of the six. Uh, they've taken good care of me, and I've made sure I've tried to do my best with these these chances I've been given. But you're right, I'm finishing up a degree at, at Hopkins right now. I just finished a book on the first president at Hopkins that will come out next year. And so when I was, during the pandemic, writing this book, the opportunity presented itself to go to Coastal Carolina. And I told the search committee, quite honestly, I said, look, I was a little bit salty toward you all for quite some time because in 2015, it came down to three schools to take the last slot in the Sun Belt, New Mexico State, Coastal Carolina and Eastern Kentucky. And I think when the site committee from the presidents went on, on location and saw what they had at Coastal, it, it, I mean, it was, the decision was, was made. Uh, it's a beautiful place, um, a, a pretty rich tradition for a school that's only been around for 75 years come 2029. It was founded in 1954 as a branch of uh, the University of South Carolina. And, of course, the proximity to the beach. And right after they were admitted to the Sun Belt, I want to say two months later, they won the national championship in baseball. Mm-hmm. So that was incredible. Great. Oh, I mean, they were America's team then, and uh, it's fun to see how the football team has really captured the, the nation's attention now. They're, as I told you, a great group of young men. Uh, their coaching staff is, is fantastic. They have a great time playing, and they play hard. And I think uh, BYU will see that it's good quality football in the Sun Belt. And I will say this, uh, Coastal's never seen a team quite like uh, BYU. I've watched most of their games this year, so it's going to be a very good matchup. Yeah, and, and did you have much to do with the matchup? I, I wonder if ESPN had something to do with that, slash BYU was just trying to get a game with a good opponent. And here, Coastal Carolina on the road, ranked, game day's already going to be there. This is as good of a situation as BYU could have gotten into. Well, I can't take credit for it because uh, in the last 48 hours or for 72 hours, our athletic directors at both places and coaching staffs really did the heavy lifting. I, w- I will tell you, I had a really good conversation with Tom Homo yesterday, and I've known Tom for a long time. And Back in October, I had, I had texted him and said, Tom, look, both of our teams are undefeated. Uh, what a great time to announce a home-and-home. And, home. and uh, he responded back and said they were BYU's really filled up until, I think, 2025 20, or 26. But let's talk in the future. Well, it just so happens the future was six weeks later <laughs> as opposed to six years. And, um, you know, I've made a phone call or two, but I can't take the credit. I also have to, you know, tip of the cap to Liberty. You don't wish any ill on any of your opponents. And 
what they're going through with COVID, especially their quarterback, who's just an unbelievable talent. We were really looking forward to, to hosting them. But when we got the call first thing Thursday morning, that they were uh, kind of their, their, their ranks would be depleted with, with COVID cases, that's when really the wheels went into motion. It, you know, things are being, were, were prepared prior to that. Uh, kind of in the eventuality that something might happen. But uh, I certainly wish all the best for Liberty. We've been a rival with them for years. They were in the Big South with us until they broke away and became independent, much like BYU. So our AD, our coaching staff, uh, especially Tom, and, uh, of course, ESPN had a role in all this. And then to have game day on campus, uh, first ever time for Sunbelt School to host game day, and we didn't want to lose that. So (laughs) it's going to be a great environment. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate the time. It's the Chanticleers, the Teal, a top 20 matchup, game day. It's going to be a ton of fun tomorrow. Michael, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. You bet. My pleasure. Go Cougars and go Chanticleers. That was Michael T. Benson on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. You know why. We show how. Crazy connections, right? Hey, and what a savvy guy. Uh, he deserves every good thing that's happening to him. I just, I really enjoyed that interview a lot. Yeah, and hopefully they come to Provo uh, in the next couple of years, although it feels like BYU's booked for a while. But uh, Houston's like, yeah, yeah, like 28, whatever. So we'll see when it happens. <laughs> All right, we got, some, we got some fun facts about Coastal Carolina from uh, President Benson, Michael T. Benson. Doctor? I'm still undetermined on that. Yeah, uh, yeah Dr. Benson. But uh, we will test our knowledge about... Coastal Carolina a little bit more and the surrounding area and know the foe. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. This is BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show whenever you feel like it. All right, not a lot of people know about Coastal Carolina. We've learned a ton from the last, I don't know, 36 hours, but uh, let's learn some more in a Know the Foe edition of Coastal Carolina. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? The answer is no. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Ben Bagley always brings it here. What do you have for us, Ben? Oh, the answer's always no every week on this. Let's go Spencer first. Coastal Carolina gets its name. The Chanteliers from the Canterbury Tells. Chanticleers. Yes, Chanticleers. How many actual tells or stories actually comprise the Canterbury Tells? Just straight up. Uh, Here, I'll I'll, I'll give you (laughs) options. I'll give you options. (laughs) Oh, 73, 73, 42, 24, or 12. Oh, well, that was way off. Um, I'm going to go 24. It's a good thing I gave you options. That's correct. Very, yeah. Very nice. Just straight up. Uh, seven? All right, Jerem, which Masters <laughs> champion also attended Coastal Carolina? Ooh. Was it Dustin Johnson, Zach Johnson, Bobby Jones, or Mark O'Meara? It's Dustin Johnson. That's correct. I knew that one. A little too recent? Yeah. All right. Spencer, which WWE Hall of Famer attended Coastal Carolina? <laughs> you would ask this one. Yes, I would. Was it Stone Cold Steve Austin, Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page, Kane, 
or Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I'm going to go Diamond Dallas Page. Wow. Nice job by Spencer. Didn't he do something like this? He, like, raised hand like that? Ben, is that true? Correct, he did. Oh, nice. Look at me. Look at me, bringing it. All right. Which well-known game show icon is from Conway, South Carolina, Jerem? Is it Bob Barker, Chuck Woolery, Banna White, or Pat Sajak? I want to say Bob Barker just so I can say, Ben, the price is wrong. (laughs) Is that your answer? Sure. And it is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right who was it it was vanna white sorry oh, i guess oh, i should tell you that i'll wrap things up spencer congratulations you, the <laughs> you win this week. oh i always wish that segment was way longer i love that segment congratulations on uh prop picks and the wheel of consequence again dude oh shoot it, it broke <laughs> question of the day what would you put on your espn college game day sign uh jim roberts on facebook you're still available december 19th call tom Holo now uh johnny maruji Sorry if I uh, mispronounced that on Facebook. Hey, Pac-12, want to be our backup game this weekend? That's so good. <laughs> okay, and our elite voice I love of the this day. one from Joe Wheat. Go for it. Iowa State would be third place in the Sun Belt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, at Borge Tire on Twitter. Gary Barda has legally removed the Y from his name, and he spelled it out G-A-R-E-E. <laughs> oh, today's rise and shout out uh, presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Jeremy, I want to give it to a guy I think you're going to uh, feel good about, Travis Cameron, our field producer, who literally went from Connecticut down to South Carolina. He hasn't been home in like two weeks. He was awesome with you in Connecticut, doing a great job here. It's been five days. Don't get crazy. No, Travis is awesome. We love Travis. Okay, thanks to today's guests, Michael T. Benson and Stuart Mandel and Hal Morell. Dennis Pitt, if you spin the wheel of consequence, maybe we'll make some time for you. Conversation always continues using the hashtag BYUSN. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. See you tomorrow on Countdown to Kickoff. Go Cougs!